everybody. My name is Wendy Irwin. Today's reading is from the Good News according to Luke, beginning at verse 10. Listen for the word of God. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, there are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites! Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day. When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the Church. Thanks be to God. Oh, that's how my. Uh oh. Uh oh. I've got a low battery, everybody. And it's not just a metaphor today. <laughs> look away. Look away. Nothing to see here. I knew I should have done it. And Norman was probably thinking, Ryan needs to replace his battery today. But I don't listen. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength, our rock, and our salvation. Come, Holy Spirit, come, in Jesus' name. Amen. So today's scripture finds us in the synagogue, the local house of worship and community center. And today Jesus is the guest preacher. He's the headliner today. Jesus is preaching and teaching away, and suddenly this woman wanders into the service mid-sermon from off the street. And I was actually going to come down here. Do I have a volunteer? Do I have a volunteer? Virginia. Now, Virginia, I need you to hunch over as much as you can, and I need you to wander up. Okay? There you go. So Jesus is just preaching and teaching away, and this woman wanders in off the street just like this. And Jesus just ceases his sermon right in the middle. And he says, looks at her and he says, Woman, today you are free of your ailment. Now, 
I want you. <laughs> he lays his hand on her, and I want you to just straighten up as much as possible. Now, if you found yourself healed like that, what would you do? Amen. You would go, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And then you'd find your seat. This is, shows you my limited uh, acting skill here, right? You know, and the interesting thing about this woman when she shows up, this isn't just a simple case of sciatica, right? We're told that this has been this 18-year-long ordeal, one caused by a malevolent spirit. This woman's severe, long-term outward ailment is rooted in an inward Oppression, leaving her bent over, and as soon as she wanders in, Jesus speaks a word to her, lays hands on her, and she's like, doing, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Doesn't happen every service, obviously, <laughs> but it happened in this one. Anyway, she celebrates, so there we go. <laughs> Now, you'd think this would be a cause for celebration. I didn't think any of you, you know, somebody said, hallelujah, praise the Lord. And that was good. Or you think at least people were surprised, a little bit nervous. But the head of the synagogue actually steps up to the microphone. It's like if uh, Rosemary, our chair of the board, you know, walked up after I did that, you know, and took the microphone a little irritated with what I'd done. And she just sort of lays, would you, if, if Rosemary just speaks to the whole congregation and says that this is not acceptable. <laughs> the thing is, today, when Jesus shows up, today is Saturday, the Sabbath day. The Sabbath being the day of rest set aside in the weekly calendar, where God's people are to refrain from all work and all exertion. Even livestock, servants, and slaves get the day off. And if you're not familiar with the Ten Commandments, if you're not familiar with them, this is the fourth one, on the first stone. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. So we've got this, you know, the chair of the board walks up, does not like what's happening here, and says to the congregation, look, there are six more days in the week that this kind of work could be done. Come back Sunday or on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, just not today. Just don't heal. On, heal whenever you want, just don't heal on the Sabbath day. So the leader treats Jesus as like a chiropractor, you know, or a doctor working on a patient. It's kind of like um, if Gino Tancon, Dr. Tancon, you know, was giving advice to a patient in the middle of the prayers of the people. This is kind of what the uh, leader of the synagogue thinks about it. Like, you know, instead of see, come see me on Monday, he's just giving advice in the middle of the service. And so in doing so, Jesus has broken the Sabbath in the opinion of the synagogue ruler. Now, before we go on, I want to ask a question. We'll do a little poll, okay? Who here is on the side of the synagogue ruler? Raise your hand. Nobody? I mean, we've got to have things in good order here. Any Presbyterians here that want to... <laughs> we need things in decent good order, right? Now, who's on Jesus' side? Raise your hands. Who would have thought? Who would have guessed? 
Who thinks this guy should cut him some slack? Of course, we all do. Of course, we're on Jesus' side. This is the church, and he's Jesus, only begotten Son of God. If we disagreed with him, we wouldn't want to put our hands up in front of everybody, would we? Odds are he's probably right. We're predisposed to be on his side because it's a church. But there's more to it than that. There's more to it than that. First, our secular society is still shaped by Christian thought and behavior. This is a suffering, marginalized person in need of healing. To us, this sounds like unnecessary legalism. Who cares what day it is? This person is suffering. Compassion should trump regulation. It just sounds like following rules for their own sake. For us, it is a bit of a no-brainer, and it's a no-brainer because we have about a thousand-plus years of being shaped by stories like this one. Something five decades of secularization can't easily undo. But the second reason that this is easy for us, though, is more interesting to me. As a kid, I remember it being a big deal that the Alberta government liquor store was going to be open for a couple hours on Sunday. (laughs) I remember that being a really big deal. And some of you probably remember that when they weren't open, that nothing was open on Sundays. But now most stores are open every day but Christmas and New Year's. And not only that, but thanks to the internet, commerce is pumping 24-7 and adds social media to the mix, and we're all scrambling all hours of every day. A lot of us get Sundays off, but that's kind of arbitrary. Again, that's kind of the fumes of Christianity. Sunday is the Sabbath for Christians because Jesus was raised on Sunday. It's the Lord's Day, but for us secular people, there's nothing special about Sundays per se. We don't get a sense of the struggle or the outrage caused here by Jesus because for us there is no sacred calendar. Maybe the closest we've come in the past couple years is the Truth and Reconciliation Day, but even then, you know, there are always, there's still flights to Tofino on that day, apparently, so it's not that special. I kid the Prime Minister, I kid him. So we can watch this whole scene play out and nod our heads and think about how withholding, stodgy, religious people can be, wish that we weren't them. It all looks like superstition or mean-spirited legalism. It's easy for us to be on Jesus' side because we don't really have anything like a Sabbath break. Jesus may break a pretty, anything like a Sabbath to break. Jesus can make, Jesus may break a pretty significant rule. He may break a big commandment, but we have no real sense of sacred time. Of course we're on Jesus' side for, because for us modern people, breaking the Sabbath is kind of meaningless, a rule for its own sake. And if that's what Jesus wanted, I guess he won, right? That the Sabbath wouldn't actually mean anything. Now, the thing about this whole episode isn't that Jesus wants to nullify the Sabbath day or demote it in importance. You know, there's this misunderstanding about Jesus, one held by a lot of non-Christians and Christians alike, that before Jesus, there was the Old Testament, and the Old Testament was just mean, and that the Old Testament was just full of silly rules and regulations, and that Jesus came to get rid of them all, not only because they are oppressive, but because they don't actually 
matter in the end. Commandments like keeping the Sabbath. But you know, that's not what Jesus is doing here. That's not what he's doing here. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets, Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount. Do not think I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. Jesus didn't come to nullify the commandments. He came to complete them, to revitalize them, to set them right with their true meaning and purpose. He's actually recovering the Sabbath. He's revitalizing its meaning and its true purpose by healing on the Sabbath. Now, if we look at what Jesus Jesus' reply, it gets a little bit more obvious. Jesus, being Jesus, has an answer to the leader of the synagogue's criticism. I mean, he doesn't just say, well, the Sabbath is meaningless, so chill out, dude. What I love here, though, is that Luke doesn't say that, just say that Jesus answered him, but that the Lord answered him. The Lord answered him. I mean, who are you going to believe, some local preacher or the Lord, right? This guy speaks with authority. I'd hate to point out your hypocrisy, says the Lord, but don't you all untie your ox or your donkey from its stable and take it down to the river to drink, even on the Sabbath? That sounds kind of like work to me. So seeing as how you do a little work to refresh some livestock, wouldn't it be even more reasonable to do a little work on the Sabbath to free this daughter of Abraham, one of God's people who spent 18 years bent over and shackled a prisoner of the devil himself? And it's at this point, of course, that Jesus, you know, steps down from the pulpit. He drops the mic and the crowd goes wild. I'm hoping that this sermon ends in that way, so just keep that in mind. <laughs> I won't drop the mic, but hopefully the crowd goes wild. Um, but notice the language here that Jesus uses. Notice the language. His opponents untie their animals on the Sabbath, and they bring them to water to relieve their burdens, to refresh them. In healing this woman on the Sabbath, Jesus is just doing the same thing, but on that hidden spiritual level. He's untying this woman from the evil that binds her, relieving her of her burdens, and nourishing her with the power of God. I mean, if you can do that with livestock, why not people, Jesus says. So with a hand and a word, he breaks her chains, he refreshes her spirit, and he restores her to full health and life in community because she's a bit of a pariah. Whereas the religious authorities have come to see the Sabbath as a mere prohibition on work, a rule that can be kept or broken, Jesus recovers its true purpose. The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath, he says a few chapters before. And he does exactly what the Lord does on the Sabbath. He liberates and he heals. After all, the Ten Commandments were given to Israel as they left slavery in Egypt. 
The Sabbath wasn't meant only as an enforced day off, which is good. I like a day off. A day off is good. But it's also a reminder of God's power to set free, to liberate. The Sabbath is a day to receive, to experience the healing and liberating power of God. Jesus not only remembers the Sabbath and keeps it with this healing, Jesus reestablishes the Sabbath as a day where souls bent by sin and death and injustice and bodies twisted by suffering are straightened out, set free, justified, set right again. This is the true purpose, healing and liberation. And you know, I'll go a little bit further because uh, uh, I always could talk about the theologian Karl Barth. Um, in commenting about Jesus in the Sabbath, Karl Barth takes this one step further, saying that Jesus' coming, the seventh is the seventh day, the last day, the great day of Yahweh has dawned. So the seventh day, the last day, the great day of Yahweh has dawned. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's touched down in Jesus. And this isn't a single instance of healing, but a foretaste of eternity. The Sabbath healing of creation, where all the crooked places are made straight. All the crooked places in us and creation are straightened out like this woman's stooped spine. In healing this woman, Jesus doesn't just break an unfair rule. He restores the true meaning of the Sabbath as a gift and a sign of God's grace. He shows the work of God which never rests, not even on the Sabbath. But he also shows that the Sabbath not only points to the work of God in healing us now, it points to the permanent and final healing of all things, you know? It's, it's like the trailer for the movie. A sneak preview of eternal rest and restoration. The Sabbath is about healing here and now. And it also contains in it the promise of forever. The promise of forever. And, you know, this is just the kind of thing that we modern people need, you know. We need rest, yes, absolutely. We need rest. Our culture and our world are just chugging away 24-7, leaving us exhausted, leaving God's good world depleted. We need to take a breather, right? There's no doubt about that. And we need a sense of sacred time, too. We need to have the sense, a sense that you know, not just that every day is another shopping day, which is kind of like what it is. But we also need more than that. We need more than a quick breather from the daily hamster wheel. We need freedom from all that binds us. We need healing. And we need forgiveness. We need wholeness. We need fullness. We need newness of life. We need resurrection. We need to know, that, and we need to know that that rest isn't just, doesn't just mean burial in the ground six feet under and the sun going black for good. 
which is all to say we need salvation. We need salvation, and this is what Jesus came to bring. And this is why we set aside Sunday, the Lord's Day, the Christian Sabbath. This is why we are gathered here today. Not simply to follow an arbitrary religious rule because we have to or else. It's not just a simple obligation, not just to recharge for the week ahead, which I know what happens. And not simply to learn about God or God's way to build our knowledge of the divine, but to experience salvation. To gather together in the healing presence of the living God, to hear again the promise of the gospel, to have that healing, freeing word delivered to us and for us by the risen Jesus. To have our backs bent low, weighed down by our own brokenness and the brokenness of the world, straightened by the life-renewing power of God's own touch week after week after week. We don't keep the Sabbath just because we have to, but because we know we need to. We need to hear that word of promise. So what's the word of promise that you need to hear today? Where is your spirit or your body bent and twisted? What is holding you back, imprisoning you in your soul? Hear the words of the Lord. Today is the day you are set free from your ailment. May you stand up straight. May you praise the Lord. May you remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Amen. Please stand for our hymn of the day, Like a Healing Stream, from More Voices, one four. Like a healing stream in a barren desert, spirit Like a gentle rain.